ist erfolgt. Think you've been watching too many scary movies, Louise? You're gonna die, Cloud! Hello and welcome to The Sandler Pit, the podcast that always looks forward to Nudie Magazine Day. <laughs> I know that one. That's uh, Billy Madison, right? Yeah, that is a good, that's a good one, isn't it? That's a pretty good one. I think one. that's our second Billy Madison one already, but <laughs> we're flying we've only through. got so much wiggle room, haven't we? <laughs> we need to start having some of the click ones or like some of the lesser known ones. How are you anyway? How are you since we last spoke? Uh, I'm good, thanks. Um, the sun's shining. The Longest Yard is still my favourite film of the year. <laughs> uh, now I'm doing good and I'm very excited for this episode. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I am. Uh, I'm in my dressing gown. We've started putting the heating on. Had a hot chocolate today because. Oh, lovely! It's autumn now, isn't it? Yeah, which means the summer's gone now. Yeah, the, su- the summer is well and truly gone. You're not getting any of those bright desert landscapes that we saw in the longest yard. Instead, you're getting <laughs> early dark nights like the one we're about to watch in Hubie Halloween. Yeah, should we do like a big spooky thing now? Ooh. Okay. Ooh. That is spooky. Yeah, that is spooky. Um, this is a, this is our first special, isn't it? It is our like, first special yeah. before our. Um, there's bound to be a festive funtacular or something like that for eight crazy nights. Oh, I'm excited. That's the, that's my most that anticipated is, episode. I'm really. That excited is going to be a really one. good one. I think that will be a bumper special. Whereas this one, we're reviewing a uh, Halloween film. That's yeah. about it. I know, but we're also going to keep making like spooky noises throughout yeah. to keep everyone excited this keep Halloween. Keep everyone spooked and freaked out. Yeah. What do you usually do at Halloween, Luke? So last year on Halloween, I'd got back from a job where I'd been in France for two months and I'd just moved into a new flat. So I just had a, a huge movie night with, with my fiance. We, I think we watched like maybe It Chapter One or something like that. We, we watched just a few scary films, had a takeaway. All of that sort of thing. I'm not much of a dressing up guy. So I haven't, I haven't trick-or-treated since I was at least, you know, 21. Coward. You're not even <laughs> dressing up for this episode. I'm, when we watch it, I'm going to dress up for our, our second half. Yeah, I'll dress up as be, well. Which will be fun because it's, uh, it's for our audio, audio podcast. <laughs> yeah, there's no visuals. What happening. actually is Hubie Halloween? Do you know? Right. Um, yeah, so this, uh, it got announced a few weeks ago at the time of recording. Um, and this is going to be another of Adam Sandler's Netflix films. Uh, what is interesting about this one is this is the first time where I'm sure he's self-aware of how bad some of his films are. Because earlier this year, he was getting nominated for certain awards for Uncut Gems. And he said in an interview, if I don't get nominated for an Oscar for Uncut Gems for Best Actor, I'm going to make the worst film anyone's ever seen, ever. And then a few months later, the trailer for Hoobie Halloween comes out. And I am sure that is his fuck you, I didn't get an Oscar film. We were talking about it a few weeks ago. And it was the picture of Adam Sandler with Julie Bowen. And he's doing this horrible face. And I was like, I know for a fact that that horrible face means he's doing a really horrible voice. Yeah. 
and then, then a the, few days the later the trailer came out like the next day and we were like yep there's the voice there it is he's uh, doing that do classic want... voice where he talks a bit like gag <laughs> I was going to say do you want to do an impression is it a bit weirder than that though in this one he's kind of like um, I don't know how to do it like a... oh be careful there we've got to be careful when we're <laughs> I think I, I remember Spooky in the ghosts. trailer he's, he's whispering a lot in the trailer isn't he Halloween's coming, so you might want to have have some fun. Uh, be careful! I brought these out for the kids. It's um, <laughs> it's like it, coloring it's... books or something. What do you think this film's going to be like, Luke? I don't have high expectations for it on an enjoyment level. I think he's playing like a innocent, naive character, which is crazy because he looks older than we've seen him before. Obviously, with it being yeah. the most recent film, I, f- I think he's going to be playing a Billy Madison esque character. In, yeah, it looks like a small town, doesn't it? Yeah, classic small town Sandler. I'm very think, excited for that. Yeah, I think lots of jokes at his extent. I think there'll be a lot of visual gags because of the Halloween element. There's going to be lots of like quirky costumes. I think rewatching these films in short succession, you notice there's so many references to each of the films. So I'm really hoping that there's some good classic Sandler references in like the costumes. That's that's want- the most thing I'm looking forward to. I think. Because this is an exciting time because usually you've seen the film and I haven't. Uh, mm-hmm. This time we're both going in blind. So can you predict a joke that's going to be in it? I would predict that there's going to be a character that's ugly mm. or it's a man that's dressed as a woman. Yeah. And he's going to say, or someone is going to say to that person, you know it ain't Halloween till tomorrow. You know that? <laughs> that dad joke. I'm saying it now. There's going to be a reference be to it very... not yet being Halloween. I'm not in an outfit yet. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> hey, that's my mom. There'll be something like that. There'll be yeah. there'll be an old person, an old fat person, and someone will think that it's Kevin James, his character. And they'll say because <laughs> he's playing a policeman, so they'll be like, Officer Jenkins, what are you doing here? Aren't you on shift? And they'll be like. I'm not Officer Jenkins. I'm his mother, or something like that. Yeah, that'll be. It's going to be a mistake. Kevin James will play his own mum. Um, oh, I'm oh, saying, a hundred percent. So it's set. Well, it's been made in 2020, but there'll be a really dated ho- horror film reference, and I'm saying there'll be a Paranormal Activity reference yes. where a ghost will appear in the bed. And then he'll be Halloween and be like, oh, what's that? And then it'll be a... <laughs> and he'll dissipate and he's like, oh, I shouldn't have had that last burrito. <laughs> and definitely there'll be like a panning thing, maybe in Kevin James's house. And the camera will be panning and then it'll go to one side. And Kevin James will be there in his pants, shoving cakes in his mouth. <laughs> and then it'll pan again, and then he'll have disappeared, or something really stupid. Like I'm that. really excited for this one. This is going to be very bad. I think so too. I've, I think as a last prediction, maybe um, Rob Schneider is a werewolf. <laughs> Why? I don't know. He's got the hair for it, hasn't it? He? He's got that crazy <laughs> wavy hair. Do you think we'll have a "you can do it" joke? Yeah, possibly. I think it is the small town moments where they have a you can do it. There'll be like a, a group of people. Yeah, maybe he's on stage doing like, because in the picture it looks like he's at a, like a Halloween outfit 
competition he's dressed as like a ghost and maybe he'll be like ah, i'm really nervous like ah, i can't i can't go up and then rob schneider will be in the crowd dressed as a werewolf going you can do it that's my prediction you can do it <laughs> that's good <laughs> you can do it that's good i think that's that's a good one that it does sound like it's going to be fun I've got, I've got one. Okay, so Adam Sandler is going to find a videotape. He's like, oh, I've just found a videotape. And it'll be a found footage. And it'll be someone like walking around. And then it'll be David Spade kissing a really old lady and saying, wow, your makeup is amazing. <laughs> Someone would be like, no, I'm not wearing any makeup. I think that is very possible. Or it'll be a bit set in a cornfield. Which, because it's small town, so cornfields are a given, aren't small they? Small town cornfield, corn, cornfield, yeah. I think he'll walk around and keep thinking he's seeing shadows and stuff, and then it'll be a scarecrow, but Rob Schneider will be kissing the scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you kiss just like my—I don't even know what would be a good like. He'll say like a line; it'll be really <laughs> ridiculous. For a scarecrow, you got pretty wet lips or something like that. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Cut. I think that's enough predictions, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think we've come up with quite a few solid jokes and set pieces. Um, yeah. Even though we don't know what this is going to even be about. <laughs> We're just making an idea. I, to sum up what we expect, we expect it to be a comedy with jokes that aren't mm. funny, but are gross. Yeah. It's a film about Halloween that's not going to be scary at all. Yeah. They'll probably try, maybe try to be scary once or twice, but it'll either result in crap jokes or they just the scares just won't land. Yeah, it'll be a jump scare, and then Adam Sandler will be like, oh my god, a spooky, spooky ghost! And then <laughs> shit himself. And then it won't be scary, because every scare, will you'll just hear his really obnoxious screaming over the top of it. Yeah. I can't tell from the trailers and the, the stuff that's been released so far whether this is aimed at children or adults. I have no idea. Mate. That's usually a problem no with these films, but I think with this more than ever, because because it's loads of kids trick-or-treating and stuff, you'd think it might be a kid's film. I think that would be boring if it was. I'm hoping it's a like really misjudged film for adults. That's <laughs> Aimed at kids, and then there's loads of jump scares that are too scary for kids, so it's yeah. just, just no one it's aimed at. I think in, um, in general, that's definitely what I'm hoping for. But yeah, I'm very excited for this one. I think yeah. more than any of the ones we've done so far. This was kind of the reason why we started this podcast. Yeah, so, just to um... get out in time for Hubie <laughs> Halloween. Okay, well, we're going to have our Sander scales at the ready, which is yeah. a bingo sheet. We each have a different bingo sheet. We're going to use a thing we've made called the Sandler scale, which is a list of tropes, which is just constantly growing. A list of <laughs> conventions that we expect to see in these Sandler films. So we're going to randomly select nine of those each and see if either of us get a bingo through this. Okay, cool. Well, sound the scales at the ready. Let's head to Netflix. It's time for a spooking. <laughs> All right, see you. See you soon. You are now listening to the Sandler Pit. Spooky spectacular. And we are back <laughs> watching the new Netflix original Happy Madison collaboration. Hubie Halloween. Whoa! How did you do that? That was good. It's just an effect on the mixing desk, isn't it? Can you try <laughs> some... What other effects have you got? No, that's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good, isn't it? Um, as it's you can very see, limited. 
Luke Terry's got a lot more professional equipment this week. Yeah, your fiance has given you a mixing board and a little microphone. Mixing board. A bit of fun. She's given me yeah, a, a cutting board. I don't know how to use it, but I've, I've got one. Very, very scary looking at it. Okay, yeah. So, Hubie Halloween, uh, the newest Netflix film. So, Hubie, Hubie Halloween is yeah. a film where Adam Sandler plays Hubie, who's like a very naive guy in this small town who's, um, he's quite, he seems like a sheltered lad. He's a, he's, he's a nice guy in this town. And for some reason, Halloween is his, is his favourite holiday. And he yeah. always just wants to make sure everyone in the town enjoys Halloween safely and properly, what he, what he deems to be properly anyway. And um, so they're in this small town and this Halloween, things seem to start going a bit astray after there's a breakout yeah. at the uh, local mental asylum. <laughs> um, Terror is and, afoot. Yeah, and, and Hubie as well, his character flaw, if there is one, uh, is that he's absolutely petrified of everything and he's yeah. really easy to scare. But yeah, Halloween is his favourite holiday of the year. Which I even love. Though, even though he gets scared very, very easily. Um, I, really, I really love that concept of, of a guy that <laughs> loves Halloween but is just terrified of everything. Even though in this it is just an excuse for Adam Sandler to scream loads. Oh, he screams so much in this film. He does. I, think but... this, I didn't have Sandler scream this week, but yeah, this would be the highest ranking of Sandler screams. I wish I'd done a tally of how many times he screams. I think sometimes when we make our Sandler scales, which is our, our bingo sheets, is that we, we try to avoid ones that are too obvious. Mm. So if there's a film where you know that Rob Schneider is playing like Adam Sandler's best friend or something, it's a bit stupid to put him on your Sandler scale because you're going to get it straight away. Yeah. Um, so we didn't put Sandler Scream this time because it would just be the most obvious thing when there's a, a film called Hubie Halloween. There's going to be some Hubie Haller Screams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think you should go first with your opinion on this one. I liked this film. <laughs> I liked it quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, me I think too. It... <laughs> yeah, I'm really... For God's sake, right, this is annoying now because we always have the same opinions. Yeah, I'm, I I'm really surprised because that was how it's, it started out with us disagreeing so much about it and so yeah, far there's been no evidence of that being the case yeah it just sounds like an echo chamber now that we both <laughs> love sandler um yeah i like this film quite a bit um it's not brilliant and it's it's definitely not very good but it's mm-hmm. not too bad and i um i liked a lot of the cameos i thought that was what made the film for me yeah. there's some really unexpected appearances of some really random actors uh, that I didn't expect. Um, so, for example, like Michael Chiklis makes an appearance as a priest, uh, yep. known as the Thing in Fantastic Four. He, so he yeah, appears. He's from the uh, um, the Shield. I think that's his big yeah. show in the US, isn't it? Oh, is it? I don't. All I know him from is uh, as the Thing. Then there's um, Ray Liotta, who I haven't seen in the film in ages, and he's a like a bully, and he keeps like <laughs> pushing Adam Sandler around. And at one point, he pushes him into a, his father's grave, <laughs> Ray Liotta's dad's grave. Yeah, that's that, it. And his dad's just died. And he's like, oh, my dad would see the funny side. Uh, oh, because... yeah, I, li- I did like that. And then there's another really good cameo from uh, Ben Stiller at the start of the film, mm-hmm. which I feel like you've got something to say about yeah. because it's pretty much vindicated your theory that all these films are set in the same universe, hasn't it? I know. I I can't believe we were thinking it just before this film came out, and then this fully confirmed it. 
it's confirmed our theory that all of the, his films are set in one cinematic universe because mm-hmm. he is reprising his role from Happy Gilmore. Yeah, I was I was very excited to see Ben Stiller um, reprising his role from Happy Gilmore, and I think that Happy Gilmore must be at the heart of the Sandlerverse. It's got to yeah. be like the connective tissue is that that film is where the rest of them all sort of spring out from. Did you hear also another thing from one of we've noticed already? Uh, the O'Doyles. Yes. There's yet another O'Doyle. And yet again, O'Doyle rules. So in the first episode, I didn't know what you were talking about when O'Doyle rules came in. And now we've Even had two you've films. seen Billy Madison as well. And I've seen Billy Madison, but I was on my phone the whole time, so I don't remember it. But yeah, both times I kind of like pointed at the screen really excited. I was like, oh, look, it's that. It's thing, the bloody that. O'Doyles. I'm, I'm wondering where else they're going to pop up. It's got a lot of good cameos, so Ray Liotta, like I said, and then also um, Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, Shaq's reveal was really good, wasn't it? That was a really good uh, reveal. Uh, so, sorry, what did you think of it? So when we were watching this film, it's I think it's been the same with all of these so far, is that in the first few minutes, I'm always a bit sceptical. And this time, I really didn't want to like this one. I don't know why. It yeah, sounds me like too. such a pessimistic thing to say, but <laughs> I think before, because of the whole, everyone is talking about it on the internet, the whole thing of Sandler promising to deliver like the worst film ever, I was really expecting it to actually be the worst film ever, and it totally wasn't. And pretty charming. I think it even starts off, I mean, it started with the Ben Stiller cameo, which won me over really quickly, and I was already like, oh, fuck, I'm going to really like this. <laughs> it had like a spooky Happy Madison logo as well, which made me laugh. I, um, I I really laughed at the Happy yeah. Madison when it's his, his, his dad appears, but wearing like a Dracula, Dracula. outfit. Yeah. Terrific. <laughs> Fun. But yeah, I really didn't want to like it because of all that stuff and the fact that this is the first of his Netflix comedies that I've watched. I was just like, there's no way this film's going to be enjoyable. And the first time you see Hubie, he's on a bike and he gets three eggs thrown at him. He catches them all in his magic flask, which is my favourite thing of this film. But at this point, I didn't really understand what was going on with his thermos. And then um, he blends the eggs inside it while still cycling, no hands. He drinks the eggs, and then he projectile vomits this, like, plume of CGI sick. <laughs> and I was like, this isn't going to be a good film. But really, it got was... really funny from there, though. Like, I mean, thinking about it, that still made me laugh. That was the moment where I was sold on this film. I actually wrote down, uh, Sandler has just eaten an egg, and he goes, like Rocky Balboa! And then he was sick all over the road. And I was crying laughing. And I was like, has this, has this fucking actor poisoned my brain? Where, like, I'm just laughing at all this stuff now. And I was really sold. From the egg bit onwards, I was, I was all in. My, my first few notes from it, actually, were that Hubie was a bit... Oh, I couldn't understand what he was saying in the yeah. first scene. I, I was watching with subtitles. I always watch my stuff with subtitles. I don't know why. I was really thankful for the subtitles because he was saying stuff and he was like... Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was a bit like, hmm, not really sure what's going on here. Let's, let's talk about Hubie, the main character. What, what did you think of Hubie? Yeah, this was going to be my next thing that I brought up. Um, he is the nicest... Adam Sandler character, I think, like, yeah. or definitely in the ones we've watched. So mm-hmm. we, so far, we've gone for a Jack and Jill. I've already said uh, my hatred of those. Fifty First Dates is still a bit of a bad bloke yeah. until the end. To start then off with, yeah. Click, he's an 
awful man. Longest yard, he's fine. Yeah, strangely, the one where he's a prisoner, he's quite nice in. Most of the time, he is a scumbag and like a really, really horrible bloke. And everyone loves him. This one, I noticed there's the complete inverse of that. So he is a, a really nice man and everyone hates him. Yeah. Um, and everyone in the town throws things at him and it escalates. It ends up someone throws like a spear that's on fire at him. <laughs> like the town despise this man. Yeah. Uh, everyone in this town's a maniac. So instead of ta- small town best bloke, we have small town most hated bloke. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the first time I think I've ever seen. And I think that this is Adam Sandler's maturing as a as an actor. <laughs> God. I think this is Adam Sandler's message about how people perceive him. So he's always been hated in all his films and by critics uh, and audiences alike. And I feel like this is him showing he's just trying to get about town. He's trying to just make what he does and everyone hates him he just they just hate him and i feel like the town is a metaphor for the critics and audiences that have hated him for the last 20 years whilst he's just trying to do his thing yeah what do you think about that theory i think that you can say what you want about the sandler pit but it is incredibly deep (laughs) (laughs) what did you think of hoobie so <laughs> Hubie is, I think, I noticed the exact same thing, that he's the most likeable Sandler that we've seen in a while. Definitely mm. in these five films that we've done so far, he is definitely the top of the pile. I think that he's what makes this film work for me. He's kind of a good mix of... It, this film felt like a throwback, basically. He's a very similar character to the Waterboy in this. Mm. So that whole, like, naive... Yeah, he's sheltered, he's not intelligent. He's sheltered, uh, naive, and a bit uh, on the yeah. slow side. He's got quite a similar relationship in this that he has with like his mum in Waterboy. That that mm. reminded me of that quite a lot. And... Again, I've not seen Waterboy, so I I never pick up on these similarities. Oh, okay. The same as The Longest Yard last week. Yeah, it's, uh, I never noticed these little things, these callbacks to the Waterboy. Mm-hmm. Um, it de- it definitely felt like callbacks to some of his stuff. I think it's easy to look at his Netflix films and think that there's not much love going into them, but this had really good. Um, I thought that the costume work was really cool with like all the yeah. kids in their costumes actually was, it looked believable, but it also looked like there was a bit of a budget behind it. Yeah. yeah like some of the kids were like Pennywise from it. Did you they, like the joke where everyone was dressed as Harley Quinn, like in that news thing? Yeah. And kept cutting to different like news reporters and everyone was dressed as in that yeah, Harley that Quinn funny. in Suicide Squid outfit. That was quite funny. Um, One of those was yeah. um, Jackie Sandler. Was she? Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Which also, uh, another Sandler family fact is that both of, is it Violet Valentine? He's got, he's his love interest. Both of her kids were also played by Adam Sandler's kids. Really? Which the, is really um, distracting the... when you notice it because the older girl has Adam she looks Sandler's like face. Him. <laughs> yeah, she looks just like him. As a of course. Girl, obviously, but... do, you have, do you want to say something quick about the uh, love interest in this film? Yeah. So, so I, I think I told I, I messaged you that the, what, there was one thing that I was going to tell you early, but I decided to save it for recording and that's that for some reason Adam Sandler has an obsession with the letter V. So she's called Violet Valentine. Right. He's had girlfriends called Veronica Vaughan. That was Billy Madison. He's had Vicky Valancourt. He's had... Let me have a look at these. But basically, in most of his old films, for some reason, all of his love interests have alliteration for V and V. And I have no, no real reason why for this, but it's just something I've noticed. 
again, another callback to like a classic Sandler era. There were aspects though. So his love interest in this is someone he's had a crush on for years and it's a reciprocated crush. She she fancied him the same amount of time. But his love interest, her ex-husband is Kevin James. I did feel like I could sense the script as it's written. So it's Julie Bowen has like three kids, but obviously at the end, they want Adam Sandler to be the dad and they don't want any situation with Kevin James. So I yeah. feel like that's why they made the kids foster kid. Like I was like, oh, did yeah. you get that at all? Because I didn't if they'd really have been. think of that, but that does make sense. Because if they'd been kids uh, of Kevin James, there'd be that aspect of the storyline. Yeah. But there'd yeah, be they're a foster bit of, kids. Like sourness there, maybe. Yeah, uh, because I did write several times. So Kevin James plays a, a police officer with a big mullet uh, and his character is that he likes watching YouTube videos and he used to be like the most popular guy in school, but now he's just a police officer. He's, he's kind of a rubbish character. Yeah, um, I was expecting a little bit more from Kevin James in this But one. He, was, he was surprisingly sound throughout, especially when it like uh, Hubie goes to meet with his ex-wife and his ex-wife's telling Hubie Halloween that she's loved him all the time, even when she was married to him. His and name's he not care. Hubie Halloween, it's Hubie Dubois. <laughs> no, that his name is Hubie Halloween. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so yeah you're that... right. He, Kevin James, is he's a fairly good guy. I think he's the one person where his annoyance at Hubie's maybe slightly justified because yeah. Hubie does bother him. He sort of responds to it in quite an understanding way. He doesn't tell Hubie that he's an idiot. He tells him to, to keep notes, but put them in the bin. Yeah. It's like a secret location for him to be picked up is the bin. Yeah, I had a few problems. It's not all perfect, I don't think, this film. <laughs> no. um, I did write several times, I'm so bored, because it is quite repetitive, especially, I think, at the end. I think I like the start a lot more. Yeah. Um, but it does get a bit repetitive. And also, it feels like because we, we already know that Adam Sandler likes to write lots of roles for all his friends. Mm -hmm. But it felt like there were about double the amount of characters he needed. So you've got like yeah. Ray Liotta, Michael Chiklis, the, the two who I can't remember the name of, May Mayor Rudolph and... Tim Meadows? Tim Meadows, yeah. Um, oh, I really they're liked all, them though. I like them, but they're all playing the same character. They could have all been Tim Meadows yeah. and Mayor Rudolph and got rid of Ray Liotta and Michael mm -hmm. Chiklis because... There's just so many characters all doing different things. And it's yeah. all kind of similar, uh, which I think does let it down a little bit. It's true. But I, f I feel like in this one, um, the characters are all slightly justified in that at least it's all, it's all comparing to his past stuff. Like that's, that's my one thing with this film. My takeaway was that I was kind of like comparing it to worse stuff. So it's mm. always going to elevate it. We've seen other films where like, he'll write a role for one of his friends. Like they just write in characters just for offensive reasons. And in yeah. this, the only person that was ever at a disadvantage was Hubie. I have a lot to say about the weird way they handle the message of this film. Oh yeah. Um, so do you want to talk about Hubie Halloween's mum? Yes. So There's I a don't, lot to unpack. What, I don't remember what her name was. June Squibb is the actor. June Squibb. Yeah. But should we yeah, she's in um, Mama Dubois. Mama Dubois. Uh, yeah, so Mama Dubois is in this, and she's played by June Squibb, who's a great actor. She was in Nebraska and um, uh, and about Schmidt, and she's she's really good in those films, and she's great in this, she, like she really good. good in this. She was, I think, the the best part for me. Uh, oh. Continuing the trend of Adam Sandler having an older actor, and mm -hmm. they do like a a really good performance in his films. Like that happens yeah. all the time. Like we've had Burt Reynolds, uh, Al Alfredo Pacino, and then. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> who was the other guy we had? Henry um, Winkler. Henry Winkler, yeah. So this one, she's his mum, and her character thing for the first hour is that she keeps wearing T-shirts with swear words on, <laughs> and, but she doesn't know they're swear words. It's a really good running joke, that one. So yeah, so the whole plot of the film, basically, is that Hubie Halloween, he notices something is going weird this Halloween, and there's a, several plots at the same time. So we mentioned earlier, there's an escaped uh, patient from a mental hospital. Mm-hmm. There's a mysterious neighbour who might be 400 years old, played by Steve uh, Buscemi. And then there's also there's a pig that's been slaughtered outside yeah. of town. Uh, Did you notice who by... owned the pig? Yeah, the guy from Breaking Bad. Hugh. Big Hugh. He's lost, he's he's, lost he a lot well, of weight. It? Yeah, he looks really good. He was limited in Breaking Bad, but he was really funny. Yeah. But in this, he, he had a few good good lines. Him and his, uh, his girlfriend or, or wife. So yeah, there's all these weird storylines going on at the same time. Uh, and it's kind of a quite a good mystery like i was actually like i didn't know what was going to happen yeah and i didn't know who this uh, escaped patient with a pig mask on like kevin james says that he helped put the guy away during the carter presidency which was in the late 70s so how old is kevin james better be <laughs> is he like 70 <laughs> 60 He's years eternal. old that is that was something i didn't notice i was like the age doesn't match up there like how did he put him away when carter was president no, that, that was a bit the weird, 70s this is when the film fell through for me because there is a moment where you don't know if there's this serial killer kidnapping the teenagers or if Steve Buscemi's a werewolf <laughs> and, and there's all this weird mystery and then they get rid of that I think at the like an hour or so in and it revealed that it ends um, quite early doesn't it that plot line ends quite abruptly yeah I think they could have carried on with that because it ends up that the serial killer was actually Rob Schneider yeah. <laughs> he's, he's come to get uh, Steve Buscemi back to the hospital with him because he misses him <laughs> and, <laughs> and Steve Buscemi just thinks he's a werewolf. <laughs> Don't they both say that they are at the the mental hospital is actually like a werewolf training facility that's what they yeah. believe <laughs> and they think that he's there to like get rid of being a werewolf <laughs> basically like you've seen maybe three or four separate scenes of, of from the point of view of this guy wearing the killer mask and mm it's always just before someone goes missing and stuff to misdirect you. Yeah. But all of that leads up to just the joke where Rob <laughs> Schneider and Steve Buscemi are in a prison cell and Rob Schneider starts sh- stroking Steve Buscemi who thinks he's a wolf, who like howls and purrs. <laughs> he says things like, that's a good boy. <laughs> this, was, this was, all right, I'm saying it as if it's a negative because it did derail the whole film, but that was my favourite Rob Schneider cameo and yeah, my favourite scene in the film was the bit when he goes, oh, how have you been? And he's like, oh, I, you know, I pissed on a tombstone. I pissed <laughs> in the street. I'm pissing now. And he's just pissing himself. Yeah. As... That scene was really funny. He's <laughs> 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 as a werewolf. And he's just got all this fake hair glued to him. That was actually very funny. It is, it um, is funny. And as well, they appear later on in a scene where there's, it's supposed to have started to get quite tense. And the police have got their guns out. And Steve Buscemi and Rob Schneider stood at the end of a line of police officers with their fingers as guns. And they say, hold fire until I say. (laughs) Or something like that. (laughs) Really funny. (laughs) They were very funny. But the payoff basically turns out that all along it was actually his Mm mum, June Squibb, a 90-year-old woman who's been kidnapping people very violently to tie to a pyre to set them all on fire because they bullied Hubie. Was that a poem? <laughs> it 
did right, didn't it? <laughs> what the fuck was with that <laughs> June Squibb ending? That was so weird. It was weird, but do you want to know something? So yeah, yet again, I was I was watching this with my very understanding and loving fiance who has put up with watching five Adam Sandler films in the space of like a week and a half because of our podcast. 15 minutes into the film, she said, is his mum going to be a witch? So there's this link that Hubie's got this ancestor who was burnt at the Salem witch trials. That's why I think that's why he likes Halloween or that's why he likes speaking out about problems or something because she spoke out about someone not being a witch or whatever and, and then got burnt alive. Yeah, my fiance thought that um, his mum was going to be a witch. And then after she... So she escapes from the police when they're about to kill her for taking hostages and burning them. She escapes really quickly. And then you hear an evil cackle. It's something along the lines of like... (laughs) So yeah, so she does that. So maybe she's a witch. Maybe that's how she had the strength to make them all fly through the air and stuff. Maybe she had some kind of power. Yeah, I think that was it because yeah, it's gotta be. you see you see in a few scenes the people she kidnaps being violently dragged away yeah. really fast, and Flying the ninety-year-old elderly June Squibb with boner donor written on her t-shirt. <laughs> I don't, unless she's a, a witch, there's no way she could have done that. But um, I did write here. Oh, she's actually really spooky because there's yeah. a bit when they go in the house and she's doing this mad face, and I was really scared. Yeah, she, <laughs> she did it quite well. I think it, it is quite an outlandish <laughs> twist, but I think they almost just about pull it off. Hmm. I don't know, because Maybe. I did write this morality lesson about people shouldn't bully would work a lot better if she hadn't tried to set them on fucking fire. Yeah. Like a second. So it basically she goes, shame on you all. You all bullied Hubie Halloween. But it's like, you just tried to set them on fucking fire. And why yeah. are you like going shame on you? you yeah, she's psychopath. taking it a step too far, isn't she? Yeah, a little bit. I did write my favourite line of the film, which was, I always think, because we've seen Grown Ups 2 together as well. Yeah. I think that Tim Meadows does some really good line delivery. I think he's quite underrated. Yeah, um, me too. And there's a bit when they're like, why do you pick on Hubie? And he's like, because I'm bald and I feel silly. <laughs> <laughs> you go around with that thick, luxuriant head of hair. <laughs> I did find him funny in this. I always like Tim Meadows. You're, you're right about that. Um, yeah, the bit when he's sucking his fake fingers as well. Was, oh, because he's, he spends the whole film where he's like, he's in this weird outfit, which is like holding his own head. It's a really head. good costume, isn't it? It's another it's good, one of the standouts. Yeah, yeah I just like the way I, I urge anyone who hasn't seen Hoobie Halloween, or maybe you've just watched it, to go back to the scene when he says he feels silly. Because I yeah. like the way he says it. It is it's a, a really good line. bit, that one. I also liked when you first meet him. He's, for some reason, just in this scene alone, he's wearing this crazy toupee. He's got a really <laughs> weird wig on, and then he's not got it for the rest of the film, and there's no <laughs> mention of why he had no, that wig on. No, uh, Hoobie Halloween mocks his, his hair, and then after that, he takes off the wig. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <laughs> This, this, hang on, I've got so many notes. I've got pe- like two, I've got five pages full of notes. I've got two and a half uh, little pages headed by the words <laughs> Hubert Schubert Dubois, <laughs> which is the big reveal that that's what his name is. Um, that's one of our predictions, good. I think, which was off screen, actually. I think when we first spoke about this film, I remember mm. saying to you that Monster Mash was definitely going to be, be in it. And I yeah. think they used the song Monster Mash like three times. 
It was it definitely is. in the first like minute. I think it was played over the credits. So that's playing over the top of loads of Adam Sandler screams going, Ah, oh, God! Oh, yeah. Fuck, that was a, ah! a handy little montage, wasn't it? <laughs> that was the best bit of the film was the... Uh, the blooper the montage. reel. I love a blooper reel. You don't get them enough anymore. So I've got a note here that was when Hubie was having a look at his um, yearbook from school back in the 70s or 80s or whatever it was, uh, there was a picture of him and the quote under it was most likely to marry his pillow. Why would the, <laughs> why would the school let that be a category that they could print in, the, in that book? Because everyone in town hates Hubie Halloween. Because he just wants to make sure that everyone's safe. It's actually quite a nice pillow. <laughs> Very comfortable. <laughs> right, so this is where you've somehow skipped over probably All the, the most film. discussion worthy part of this film. His flask his magical, his flask magical flask. There's a running joke through this film is that he has a, a flask that he constantly is drinking some sort of dirty looking soup out of. He's um, drinking soup, yeah. So I really, I noticed it way too late, basically. I wish that I'd noticed it sooner. I would have made a list running through the whole film of what his flask can do. So I think he says that it's a Swiss army flask, right? It's a Swiss army flask. So it's got loads of different parts that he can do. So there's a blender... Yeah, an umbrella, uh, a grappling hook. That's a really good um, one, the grappling hook. What else is there? So my favourite thing that he did with the um, flask was that there was a point in the film where he randomly asks the kids if he can use their toilet because he ate a lot of soup earlier and it's going straight through him. <laughs> I don't him. remember that bit. So he, yeah, he just <laughs> helps. He helps some of um, Violet Valentine's kids get get home. So we see him sat on the toilet reading a magazine. And the flask's next to him, working as a candle to get rid of the scent. <laughs> I mean, honestly poo. didn't notice that <laughs> yeah. at all. Oh yeah, my god! There's gosh. just a flask next to him with a huge flame coming out of it because it's the candle. Did you notice the Alan Covert cameo as well? Yeah, I did. At the driving. That spoiler alert, but that was on my Sandler scale. Oh, is Alan it? Covert. Okay. He played the role of a dad in a film. Film within a film, he was like a zombie guy, wasn't he? He got bitten by a zombie. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, he was in like a bad B-movie film at a driving theatre. Yeah, I've got two more things then. So at the end of the film, the payoff is like a year later. He's fucking mayor of the town. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's with Julie Bowen, um, who has spent the whole film weirdly being into him for no re- discernible yeah. reason. Their relationship was a bit... So she Forced, already yeah. has a crush on him, as you said, which is like, it just does the work. It means he doesn't have to win her over so he can just focus mm. on doing Halloween stuff instead of being romantic. <laughs> she talks to him in this weird, semi-patronising way, saying, oh, you're a really good guy, and all this sort of stuff. You're and I my thought, hero. Yeah, yeah, I thought there was going to be some sort of thing where like she wants to be his good friend and like look after him and stuff but yeah. I didn't think there was going to be a romantic thing there I felt like yeah. she seemed like really nice and stuff she's like presented as being this like angelic woman basically isn't she and yeah, yeah I think when it turned romantic it got a bit weird because Hubie's been shown as being so naive and yeah that childlike. whole that whole last scene is really weird because like so it's the Halloween after. There's obviously the two foster daughters we mentioned earlier, and then also the foster son, who's one of the Stranger Things kids, yeah. and his girlfriend, and or like a girl he he fancies. That's a really boring subplot, anyway. Hmm. Um, but they're all dressed in the last scene as characters from the film. From In the, the year's film, time, we will all be dressed as characters from Hubie Halloween, though. 
yeah, we will. Why would these kids dress as their mum's ex-husband and two mental patients that they met a year before? Why would they be dressed like that? Why? They were very funny. The mental patients were very funny men. They were very funny because as, as an audience member, not in reality, in their reality, why would they dress as two mental patients and their mum's ex-husband? Why are they all calling Adam Sandler dad yeah. in the last scene? Again, that's because they've had to write them as foster children foster so kids, they, can, yeah. they can call him dad at the end. I, I'm trying to think of like a similar big news event of something that would be appropriate for us to dress up as. So, so they don't choose to dress up as anyone that's caused any... Oh no, one of, one of the maniacs, they, uh, they killed the pig. They killed the pig because they had the munchies. That was quite <laughs> a good... Because there is like they are they do leave like a trail of mystery in the film. It's kind of like uh, the Halloween film or like a scream film. There is this like what's going on? Um, Hugh Luff Breaking Bad. His pig gets murdered, and Kevin James is investigating. And obviously, he has this history with this patient who's escaped. And but then that is thrown out the window very quickly. And then at the end, he's like, "Wait, what about the pig?" And then Steve Buscemi just goes, "Oh, I ate it. I had the munchies." And they're like, "Oh, we need to get these guys back to the hospital." <laughs> It's already quite funny that they're like... They're there. <laughs> that last scene. Yeah, they, they, they've come. Boys, they said there's no one else left at the station, so I had to bring them. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> it's good that they like talk about a plot hole in the film and then like yeah, make they sense just... of it. That's quite nice. Also, I did like the... Uh, there's a memoriam tribute to Cameron Boyce, who's the the child yeah. actor from Grown Ups. He's in Grown Ups too. films, isn't he? Uh, I think he passed away maybe last year. Or year it, yeah, a year or... I, I, I also heard he was actually supposed to be in this. I think he was, was supposed he? to be one of the, the bully kids. I think the one yeah. that dressed as Freddie Mercury. I think he was supposed to do that role. And like we know like Adam Sandler always comes across a really good bloke and he's um, he's obviously... He, he likes the his cast members a lot like he always recasts um he has the uh, like a continuing cast of characters that he puts in all his films and yeah so that was quite sad and and i think it was a touching tribute at the end mm -hmm. to him yeah that was very nice i think it, it's a good film to have a tribute to because it is quite a nice film as well oh yeah there exactly like it too sour it was actually quite like an uplifting type film i think it's come at a good time hasn't it I think that for this reason, you might actually quite like Murder Mystery. Like, it's not a good film, but it's not an offensively not bad film. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. Um, I don't know if I'd rather have fine Adam Sandler films or really bad ones that I can laugh at. I don't know. I think you come away from this one not disliking him any more than you did going yeah. into it. Whereas with Jack and Joe, you're a bit like, how did this guy get money again? <laughs> Whereas with this film, you're like, yeah. oh, he's got something. Yeah, I didn't feel horrible at the end of this. I felt kind of like that was fun not a yeah. waste of time yeah I liked it. do you want to do you want to get onto our sandler scales or do you let's have anything else let's go to right, let's get right into the it. sandler scale <laughs> that's really good i just want to say up top um this week luke terry set the um sandler scales for both of us and then i forgot that he did and i wrote my own sandler scale without telling him and we only worked out just before we started recording the podcast um yeah that i i fucked it up so um as if we didn't yeah. already have enough problems with this podcast. We've got one of our, we've got an inside agent sabotaging it. <laughs> <laughs> so we might have the same things. Uh, sorry, we won't do this again in the future, maybe. Uh, or maybe I, I will. Might, it might be a fun, it might be a fun experiment. You so go first. Should we go first with mine, which was from our original selections? Yeah. So I'll tell you, I got a bingo. 
48 minutes and 38 seconds into the film, oh. which was quite, I think that's pretty far into it, isn't it? It's pretty so, far like, in, yeah. We've had times where we got it in three minutes, 15 minutes. Sometimes we get it not at all, though. So it was good to, it was good to have it. So I got a diagonal line. My bingo was Alan Covert, which was, that was when I got it. That was my final one. Very good. Um, so as we discussed, he sort of appears in a film within a film and gets murdered. I think that's the first time Alan Covert's died on screen. Is it? Well, we've been watching anyway. I don't think. I think, I think we should have anything. some more of that. <laughs> um, an old joke. So I put that. That came very early. The old joke. Very, so that was. Yeah. The... Um, his mum shopping at a thrift store and buying a Bona Donor T-shirt. I think that's an old joke. Did you catch when the news reporter is doing the thing in Salem? She's there with her friend, uh, and they're yes. both wearing the t-shirts. I, I was like, oh, that's good. Her friend is wearing a t-shirt that says it won't lick itself. <laughs> this old lady. I'm, I'm not sure what the mum was wearing at that point, but yeah, her friend, <laughs> it won't lick itself. That stood out to me. I've not even had to look at a note for that. I just remember. You know what? It. Like, it is a stupid joke, but every single one of those t-shirts got a good laugh. And my last one to complete that line was unearned heartfelt moment, which was, I think, Aww. I've written a note for what it was, but I feel like a, a lot of the Violet Valentine story had stuff like that. It did feel unearned because her her loving him happened off screen and All right, yeah, childhood you, okay. relationship. I, it was in the first scene, actually. It was when he falls off of his bike in front of her and then he starts doing the robot dance on someone's front lawn. Oh, And then he I stops and he nice. stares lovingly at her for ages and you don't really know why. So I thought that was a bit un- unearned. It just happened York. out of nowhere. You're cold, mate. You're cynical. You've got to be cold I, with these films. <laughs> I thought these were all earned, earned heartfelt moments for me. But I think this that note was when I was still feeling cynical at the start of the film, and then I see I eased up as it went along. Um, so <laughs> by the I, end, you believed in their love. By the end, I threw my sound scale out of the window and screamed <laughs> from the rooftop, "Streaming now!" <laughs> <laughs> um, I also ticked product placement mm. um which was i think i think it was a bit when there was just loads and loads of sweets on a little kid's table um yeah, that's oh actually there's a bit when so Hu- hubie does a speech in a school you know about being safe at halloween and one of the kids says to their friend oh i really love your costume and she goes oh thanks my mum got it for me from the disney store mm. who would just say I... oh i got it from the disney store like that why do we need to <laughs> yeah, know where you that got was it from? Weird. i also got misogyny which was right. the bully kid um, talking about the girls at the dance. He's rating them all on their appearances. Nothing about yeah. their personalities. He says he doesn't like his friend's sister because she has a greasy forehead. Oh, There's a lot of nasty kids in this. Yeah, there is. Uh, and they all get their comeuppance thanks to Mama Dubois and her mattress. <laughs> and her mattress. <laughs> and her magical powers. What if she's using a flask to catch them all? She's got a grappling hook on a flask. <laughs> she's got a grappling hook. for her. Because he makes more flasks at the end. He does. That's true. I reckon that he made the weapon that she used to take all those people hostage. I do like that theory more than she's a witch. The other things that I had on my Sanders scale that I didn't get. I was close to ticking this one because I think Judy Bowen's character is his best friend. I had a best friend he has nothing in common with. But I didn't tick mm. it because it was a romantic thing rather than... She's a, a romantic, yeah. And I, I got even closer to ticking it when someone asked him if he had any friends and he said, well, you just one lady you like me. I see. I decided not to. I left that one. I already yeah, had my bingo. Like, hang out. Yeah. No. Nah. Weird tonal shift. I was very close to ticking. When oh, bloody hell. 
thing happen but i just didn't do it because i was like the whole film has built up to there being something crazy happening and it I was just, a horror film mm, no, i think it, wasn't. The tone it was a halloween shift. film though so i was kind of mate the tone did change though from there being like the like escaped patient and that that threat and the werewolf that threat and it turning out that's just a stupid joke in the police station. Before that, yeah. I was I was bloody eyeing me on the sofa, mate. I was, I was, was shitting a, myself. It was a <laughs> shift. so scared. It was a shift to all out comedy, but it already was a comedy, so I think it wasn't a weird. Hang on, so you're shift. saying it was a see, it was a it was it was a it was like turning it up rather than I don't like know shifting. going from it's going not the from same this... as looking at boobs in slow motion to dying on the pavement like in Click. <laughs> Uh, nothing <laughs> it's not is. That total Nothing's shit. that <laughs> crazy. All right, fine. I, I'd I think have, I'd have tones, that. I could agree with you on it, but I think I wouldn't say it was weird because it was stuff that was hinted at earlier on. But it was heightened. Okay. It was definitely heightened. I was going to say June Squibb about to set people on fire and then calling them out for bullying. That was a weird tonal shift. It is weird. There was it one scene when one of them was going to get bloody set on fire. And then the next scene is them going, I'm sorry, Hooby, for bullying you. That was a tonal shift, yeah. definitely. I'd like to see where they are in a year's time, all of those bullies, if they still like him. Yeah. I, I think don't think just... that any of them are in the last scene, are they? They're probably in the mental institution yeah. scratching the walls because they're so traumatised. <laughs> but they're, they're all really scared, though. Like O'Doyle appears at the end and someone's like, hey, my mother's behind you. And yeah. then they're like, what? <laughs> and they're all really scared of his mum. Yeah, well, she's uh, no doubt she's still on the run, isn't she? Flying around on her broomstick. Exactly. And I think that's how he got his position as mayor. He just went, if you don't make me mayor, my mum will probably come and kill you. She's and then still they're like, where? Go to the matches. She was saying she's going to be at the mayor's office. <laughs> so I, on my sound scale, I also had Peter Dante, who we don't oh, see in this fuck. film. Okay. Which is a shame. This is our this is our first crossover. I also oh, okay. had Peter Dante. It's not that's not too bad. And one I've put a, a question mark for is nice property because they've got this huge I... house and it's a nice lawn and stuff and it prob I would say it's nice. Americans mate, they have it's nice American houses, house, isn't nice. it? If that was yeah, in that's... Essex where I live, that would be worth like <laughs> 1.5 million i reckon i was gonna say bloody hell if you saw that in sheffield you'd be like where the fuck am i <laughs> we're not in sheffield no more <laughs> no bloody sheffield pal that bloody house ain't ain't fucking producing coal is that grass out the front of the house <laughs> <laughs> why have no. any of those windows been smashed <laughs> someone smashed them windows it stands out <laughs> exactly in in uh in sheffield we're all like uh the house the werewolf has it's all like boarded yeah, up, boarded up. <laughs> steve buscemi crawling around in the basement we don't have any of that fucking glass up here, lad. Jesus, you southern fucking bonce. Yeah, that's the attitude I got faced with every time I visited Sheffield. <laughs> Lovely place. But yeah, like, I think, I don't think it's a nice house to Americans, to us. It's yeah, a nice it's just house. standard, isn't it? Yeah. I've just had a thought, actually. With the twist being that Steve Buscemi's not a werewolf, who did those huge shits? Him, but they weren't huge. They were just normal. The poos that are on the floor, they don't look like they're not gigantic, massive shits. They're I just, thought they were massive. Yeah, they're just little poos on the on the thing. How big are your shits, mate? Oh, mate. Next time this, you go, this, get a tape measure. This is telling. <laughs> this telling about my life. He doesn't shit the oh, size that, of a courgette. <laughs> <laughs> that normal, that normal gigantic dog shit. It's just, <laughs> it's just standard. Cool. So, yeah. so what did you have on your sand the scale? My rogue Sandler scale. So, like I mentioned, I had Peter Dante. I think I put that down more of um, a want than anything else because um, 
you introduced me to Peter Dante's Instagram account, um, which is L underscore Presidente. Great pun. And it's a, it's a bloody good account. I suggest everyone checks it out because it's just him like skateboarding and watching the sunset and singing. singing. He looks like a surfer now, doesn't he? He's got like he's long got flowing big, hair. Long hair. And leathery skin. I'm really he's intrigued his... because he's changed. He's changed a lot. His look, whereas mm. Alan Cover and Adam Sandler all still look Not pretty same, much more yeah. or less the same. He's done like a 180 and become an old person that lives in California, 100. percent Yeah, that's the vibe. He's I'm just getting. living his. Uh, he's living his best life, and it's a really good Instagram account. So I urge our listeners to yeah. uh, check it out. I haven't seen him in a film since Grown Ups 2 when he was the co-officer with Shaq. Um, really? Okay. So I'm intrigued to see what, what he's up to, if he's in any of the Netflix films. I wonder if they've had a bit of a fallout or something. What Adam Sandler criticised Peter Dante's um, reggae band he said, music. <laughs> he's like, hey man, <laughs> he look at your stupid hair. I bet he criticised his hair and he was like, fuck you, man, I don't need you. Grown Ups 2 is the last film he was in. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Right, well, new is, campaign listeners, bad, all 10 of you out there, all three of you out there. Hashtag get Dante back. <laughs> get Dante back. We want, we want that. We're going to Twitter bomb Adam Sandler with hashtag get Dante back. We want it trending. Get Dante back. Release the Dante cut of Hubie Halloween. We know he's Where he's there. just, he's in every scene. So yeah, no Peter Dante, uh, unfortunately. Um, I did get a, a bingo. Great. Um, I got three in a row, 18 minutes in. Oh, wow. Um, well done. I mean, it's easy to do that when you choose the... Uh, when I choose. I choose was writing it as it appeared. Free, it's just free sound that uh, screams in a row, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got it ten, 10 seconds in. Is a Ben Stiller cameo, Ben Stiller cameo, Ben Stiller cameo. Horrible oh, voice. What? Horrible voice, Ben Stiller cameo um, and sound the scream. Mine was logo on screen, like you mentioned, a lot of... Um, a lot of sweets. Like, sweet rappers. There was also rappers for the Reynolds rap product placement. That was a few minutes in. There's a fart joke very oh, yeah. early on when he, he's like, hey, you, you want to have a chili? Oh, oh, God, I think my stomach anticipated that. Yeah. And then uh, big shorts, which took me a while to tick, but he does wear big shorts definitely during the scene he wears at the big... funeral. Uh, yeah, so then my other ones, I got hit in face, happens very early. Uh, ball joke, yep. all of that character. Tim Meadows is a walking Tim ball Meadows. joke. Then I had good at sports, I'd say is when he does those bikes. Really good at cycling, yeah. That, that, is why, really cycling. that is why we thought that this witch story was going to come into it, because he has an uncanny ability to cycle with no hands. And like he does like, like stoppies witch, yeah. and 180s and stuff, doesn't he? And then um, the ones I didn't get, I only got three. Peter Dante, like I mentioned. Then Sandler Sings. There was no Sandler singing in this film, which sucked. No, there wasn't, was there? We really thought... We were talking about this um, when the first trailer came out. And we were imagining this like um, karaoke scene. And I'm yeah. I'm actually quite disappointed that it never came out. And there's no Colonel Sanders mention either. Oh, that's rare. sad. Are we going to put it in the spooky Sandler castle, or are we going to bury it in the Sandler pit of terror, <laughs> pit of doom, the never-ending Sandler pit of doom? Oh, that's uh, that's very seasonal for me personally. I think there was a lot of issues. I was bored for a bit of it. The, the pacing's a bit off and it's not great. It's not a great film. Yeah, I think I like the werewolf stuff more than the witch stuff, but I think this was actually quite good. Uh, it was fairly fun. It was, uh, it's just a, 
fine comedy. Um, so I'm going to say the longest yard left the drawbridge down, just enough time for Hoobie Halloween to run in there screaming. And yeah, it's definitely in the spooky Sandler castle for me. What about you? I think that the biggest twist, the thing that no one saw coming in 2020, which has been a, let's face it, it's been a very predictable <laughs> year. Nothing <laughs> weird has happened. <laughs> if one thing happened that was out of the ordinary, it was that Sandler made a mildly good film in his Netflix face. <laughs> oh man, I've watched so few Sam. Uh, I've watched so few films this year. This is in my top five films. And this was better than Tenet. Put that on the fucking poster. This is better than Tenet. <laughs> Luke Thomas 2020. <laughs> I'm sure Christopher Nolan will really I fucking hated Tenet. <laughs> It'd be better if Adam Sandler was in it. Right, well, this isn't the Nolan pit. This is the Sandler pit. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd agree with you, to be honest. Uh, it's very much a damning something with faint praise, but this film, it had enough good laughs. I think when you go into these films with any expectation of coming away, like really enjoying yourself, you're going to be disappointed. But if you go in with low expectations with this one, I think you'll come away like, yeah, that was pretty good. I think it's just like a six out of 10 kind of film. That might be even being a bit generous, but... I think it's five out of 10 for me. Yeah. If we're going out of 10, but I think it's fine. There's There's enough good characters there's like a solid cast of people that mm. so, some of the characters are there just to do you know one note jokes and stuff but those jokes are like they're landing every so often they're not yeah you know, they're not a knockout but every, every i think every person in it has at least one funny moment or mildly funny moment I, I didn't feel too bored during it to be honest but i don't know whether i'll be like rushing to watch it ever again but at the same next, time next halloween it's a new tradition <laughs> who am I kidding <laughs> but yeah I, I enjoyed it enough to think that it deserves a place in the Santa Castle maybe in the dungeon where it likes to lurk in the shadows and be spooky <laughs> maybe there'll be like a creepy old frame with like spider webs on it and that's where the, that's where Hubie Halloween's residing from now on but yeah, it's in the castle it's joining it's the 50 castle. first dates and the longest yard in the Santa Castle yeah have you noticed something? What? So we're at an odd number. So one is going to rule over the other. And at this point, five episodes in, the Sandler Castle is more full than the Sandler Pit. Did you <sighs> see that coming five weeks ago? No, I did not. I can't believe how many things I'm throwing into the castle. Willy nilly. Because the whole, the whole <laughs> concept of this podcast was that one of us loves Adam Sandler and the other one hates him. And <laughs> it's taken five average films for you to realize that you don't I actually love him. mind him <laughs> i'm talking about him all the time i'm talking him to my family my friends everyone's getting like <laughs> fed up like really fed up i made my mum watch the um the adam sandler winning the independent spirit award and she was fuming she was like that was shit what was that voice he was doing i was like that's just the classic sandman that's his voice <laughs> Your mum's never coming on this podcast. <laughs> oh, my mum, yeah. She she doesn't like Adam Sandler at all. Like, we never watched any Adam Sandler films when I grew up because she didn't like him. Is it so, a family trait? It's a family trait that I'm 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 stopping that now. Uh, I'm a San, I'm going to become a Sandler convert. I think. I think that by the end of this, you're going to like Sandler a lot more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do next? We go to a game, don't we? Yeah. What's you that did. game this week, Luke? The Spooky Sandler Games. 
I don't know. What, what have you called the game? The Sandler pitch. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, come on, man. The spooky Sandler pitch. Is Except it a spooky one? Spook- or is it just a regular uh, It's not one? even spooky. It's just a regular Regular Sandler pitch. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> right. So uh, the Sandler pitch is when me and you, we both pitch a Sandler film idea that we think either will get produced by the Happy Madison Company in the future as like a comedy that he does or that we want him to do. Right. I was thinking earlier, if he was in a Marvel film, Nice. Who could he play? And I, first of all, I obviously went with the Sandman. Yeah. In Spider-Man, I thought that'd be good. But then I had this even better thought of him in the Fantastic Four with like Julie Bowen as like the Invisible <laughs> Woman and Kevin James oh, as the thing. the thing. So I obviously. can't get it out of my head, the idea of an Adam Sandler superhero film. That's I think that'd be idea. really good. So do you want to bat out a few ideas of how we can make this a workable story idea? Yes. So I think that obviously you're going to need a maniac villain. I think that Absolutely. goes without saying. Who would we get? It would, it would be Doctor Doom, wouldn't it? If you're going Fantastic Four, you'd need a, a Doctor Doom. I think because it's going to be a Happy Madison film, I think we need a, a, a rip-off of the Fantastic Four, but their powers are like they can fart really loud. This could be like Mr. Arsehole. That's his name. <laughs> Mr. Arsehole. Mr. Arsehole. Okay. Um, What's his, uh, <laughs> who's in his team? He does like sonic farts. Who could he be played by? Do you know what I would like? You know how we get like the old actors? I would love for it to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I was going to say Sylvester Stallone, but do you remember when he did like Spy Kids 3 and he was the villain and he was like the games master? <laughs> I don't need more of that. But so do you know what? We've got this weird thing that over lockdown, we watched quite a few comedy films on Netflix and a lot of them were Schwarzenegger, his comedy films that he did. Do you remember he did like, like Kindergarten Cop? Kindergarten Cop. Um, twins yeah. there's a few there's just a few like quite funny films that he did like jingle all the way we didn't watch that because that's a christmas film and it was like april but <laughs> so my fiance's never seen schwarzenegger in an action film it's <laughs> what he's known for <laughs> so we just had this trend of keeping up <laughs> being a comedy actor so you want schwarzenegger as a comedy villain in an adam sandler film yes as um what's his name the arsehole or mr the Ars- mr arsehole <laughs> <laughs> he keeps farting. And he's and, but he's already. I think that there would be a twist that would be the worst twist ever is that he would like, they'd be like, why are you doing this? And then he'd lift up his shirt and he'd say, I'm an asshole. And he would just have a huge asshole in his chest. <laughs> and that's where all of his powers come from. Is that he's... <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Do you think then, continuing that comedy trend, do you think Danny DeVito will have to appear? Yeah, as like his as minion. Psychic. Yeah, that would be quite good. So yeah. who would be in Adam Sandler? Let's say he's like a, a Mr. Fantastic. What would his powers be? It has to be something crude. So I think that this film could be like an origin story for their team. Yeah. To fight yeah. Mr. Arsehole. I think that all along, I think Sandler's already famous in this. I think oh, yeah. he could be like, he could have a good name, like maybe like Cliff... Uh, Cliff Flamestone. He's called Cliff Flamestone. <laughs> and he's already well known because he's the first person to ever be number one MVP of the NBA and NHL. 
And so he's good at every sport. He's not just good at one sport. Right. Because okay. of his powers. So he's got like super speed and super strength. And, and so no... he's really good at sports. That's yeah. his power. <laughs> so no one's realized it, but he's just really good at sports. And he's becoming a bit burnt out at the sports. Okay. He's like fed up of doing sports all the time. He's like, ah, I already completed it. I ain't doing that again. So he doesn't want to re-sign. So his manager's like, well, we need you to do something. We're losing money here. And then that's when the arsehole strikes. So he has to get a team of people to go and fight him. How did he get his powers? From you his got dad. First, you got a first-class honours degree. Right, you got a first-class honours degree in goddamn film and television. I majored in script writing. <laughs> Majoring in script writing. <laughs> and you've just pitched Mr. Arsehole <laughs> versus, what do you call him, Vic Flamestone? Cliff. Cliff, Cliff Flamestone. Flamestone. <laughs> no, but we're trying to be realistic here and make a film that Adam Sandler would be up for. And I think that we're up to something. <laughs> Uh, so his team would have to be Kevin James and he's just oh. he's exactly like the thing but he's made of poo <laughs> <Dirt>. <laughs> and his character thinks that he just likes eating oh it'll have to be like Twinkies he likes eating yeah. Twinkies and he's <laughs> just made good. of shit I can imagine the scene when they meet him when Cliff Flamestone meets the shit for the first hey did someone fart in here yeah exactly oh it's me <laughs> Ah, oh, what the hell is that smell? It'll be something like that. <laughs> Has someone been eating chili? <laughs> It'll be like something terrible like that. Oh, do you know what could be good? If he's the shit, his origin story could be that he's the son of the arsehole, and the arsehole's never been there for him. So he came out of the other lovely moment at the end. Stomach. <laughs> <laughs> so he gave birth to him. Yeah. As a piece of shit. That's amazing. And the and Kevin James would just be like, he walked all over me ever since I was born. <laughs> he treated me like a shit on the sidewalk. <laughs> uh, who would play his uh, love interest? Um, Very beautiful and doesn't really have a character because they never have a character. I don't know. What do, you, what do you think? I think it'll have to be someone. I think Jennifer Aniston. Someone that he's worked with before. Someone he's definitely someone he's worked with before. He could. He and- could. Maybe it could be. Um, Lisa, Lisa Kudrow, because then he'd have, he'd have had a relationship with all three of the Friends women. <laughs> There's no real <laughs> reason for it other than a, that. I've never seen her in a film, I don't think. She's Except in for um, Bad Neighbours. She in Easy A? She's in a, she plays a head teacher in a teen coming she's of in, age. Film. She's in Bad Neighbours. She's the head teacher there. Oh, I think, I think she's in right? Easy A. All right, well, it sounds like she's primed to come back as a, a leading actor. It's the next role, movie. really, isn't it? You do an indie coming-of-age teen movie, and then you go on to be in... Uh, what's this film being called? I don't the know. Fart- I haven't Fartastic it. Four or something. The Fartastic <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no, I think the Fartastic Four makes sense. Uh, and then I think Rob Schneider is the human torch, but like, what would his... What would his thing be? So he's been kept in an institute, basically similar to like the X-Men for years and years. And they know he's got something because they detected his power and they were like, <laughs> we've never seen anything like this before. He's so strong and all this stuff. And he's like, I don't know what my powers are. And he never does them. He never does the powers. And then there's going to be a fight scene where <laughs> they're like all getting the shit beaten out of them. Like literally like the shit is getting like fucked up. And then they br- they drop in the Schneider. He's I, I don't know what is that, his name going to be. His name is the Schneider. <laughs> yeah, he's just playing Rob Schneider, but he's got superpowers. So they bring <laughs> him in, and he feels like he's finally ready to unleash his powers. And then his power is 
like what the human torch has like he just turns to fire but as soon as he does it he just burns himself and just dies <laughs> that's actually quite good could you imagine there's all this build-up about him being so powerful and stuff and then as oh, soon as it happens go... he just burns to death yeah you can go i can do it i can do it i can do it <laughs> says on fire and dies that'd be really good um I think this sounds quite good, actually. It's not what bad, do we call is it? it? The, the Fantastic Four. And it could be because, a franchise. Because it works well, because it, it's missed the trend. Like, we all his films always miss the trend. Yeah, they're a few years like, late. From a few years. So this misses the superhero trend a little bit. Yeah. Bad parody. Classic older actor in Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> with an arse on his chest. Kevin do you James not think that a, he would probably do that? He, he might do, yeah. It depends on his money's friends way. And he's, he is funny as well. When he does the comedies, he is actually pretty funny. And you think that he's going to be there with an arse on his chest, giving birth out of his own chest to Kevin James as a big shit monster. Yes. Have you seen Terminator <laughs> Genesis? It can't be any worse than that. Oh, that film, bloody hell. What's so, Lisa Kudrow's powers going to be? Being a good wife that isn't appreciated. Oh, fucking hell, it would be as well. It would be something She wouldn't like even that. have any powers. Yeah, or like the whole film would be her not showing her powers and she'd be like, I gave this up for the kids. Why can't you yeah. just do that? And then at the end, she's got like Superman powers. I think this is more in like the realm of like a Pixels. It's more like one of those. Sorts yeah, of it's a bit far out. What about Lisa Kudrow when, when she finally reveals her powers? Yeah, there's a transformation sequence, a bit like when Bruce Banner becomes the Hulk, but she just turns into Jonathan Lofren with a wig on. <laughs> 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 that'd be great her power is that she just turns into jonathan lofran and she's been so, in like, all of the films that's the connective tissue as well is that she's god's sake he's been jonathan lofran in every film where would alan covert be in this film uh i think i think there's a scene where they're doing like a tryout so we need a superhero team and oh, yeah. he's trying to get people and alan covert will show up and he'll be like, "Oh, you'll uh, you'll love this. You'll love this." And then he'll try and do something, and he'll and like his powers that his trousers fall down or something. <laughs> he goes, and He's just all his clothes fly off him, except for like some underpants that have got like love hearts on them. That's good. And then I, they where, could be what, like, "What use is that power?" <laughs> he could. They could be like, um, "What's your name?" And he'll be like, "Nutmeg." And they'll be like, "Nutmeg. What sort of name is that?" And he'll be like, "I'll show you." And then he stands in front of one of those things that shoots baseballs, you know, that they have at the batting cages. And he'll yeah. hit him in the dick and he doesn't feel it. Oh! But he just keep getting hit in the balls. He's got a steel dick. And, when, and at the end, when Rob Schneider, when the Schneider dies, they're like, <laughs> they've got nothing left. So they have to bring in nutmeg. <laughs> <laughs> and he kills the arsehole by... Hitting him with his dick. <laughs> I hate oh, the fact you know, that this film I you know can you wanna... see it happening. <laughs> I feel like there'd be a tryout montage scene Definitely. where like all the Sandler, typical Sandler people show up and they try out something. Who who else would you have? You'd have Chris Rock. He'd have to be in it for that. What's his powers that he can fucking explode again like he did in the last <laughs> film that we watched? Yeah, I don't know what his power could be. <laughs> who else have, haven't we mentioned? David Spade. David Spade. What could he He's do? just... He's just like so beautiful that people get distracted by him. So he like flicks his hair and it's like a L'Oreal advert. His hair flows really slow motion and everyone's like distracted because of how beautiful he is. And that's his powers. He's so beautiful. 
Oh no, I know what it could be. This would well, be then. good. So they hear a voice, they just hear David Spade's horrible voice, like, hey guys, it's a pleasure to meet you all, or however he talks. And they're like, what the hell, where's that coming from? And he's like, oh, don't mind me, I'm the invisible Ivan, or something like that. Oh. And they think he's invisible, and then the camera would just cut to him being in the hallway and like having his, his hand <laughs> over his mouth, and he's like throwing his voice into the room. Not even invisible. Get out of here, like, Ivan! <laughs> a curtain falls down and David Spade just like stood behind it, pretending he was invisible. That's quite good. I think if he didn't have his Netflix deal, this would probably have been the next film after Jack and Jill, maybe. Yeah, like a, because that would have been early. the perfect time, yeah. I feel like this had come out like just before he got his Netflix deal, like a really bad, cheesy, superhero team-up film. Yeah. Yeah, I can and I see would this definitely happening. have watched it. What would the end it be? It would obviously be that they would win. They'd win, and it'd cut to a year later, and they'd all have all their dreams have come true, and everyone's really happy, and that's it. And then because that's how all his would, fucking films end. And the resolution would be that he has found a new sport that he hadn't yet won a trophy for. So he'd be like doing like ping pong or something like that. Yeah, he's really good at ping pong now. Yeah. I think that, that that sums up our Sandler pitch. It's not really a game, is it? But it was... It's not a game. No, there's no game here. Maybe we should just do this in our Sandler specials. Yeah. I thought that was good, though. It wasn't very spooky. But it was oh, and by the way, they're all werewolves. Yeah. And they've all got twist. pumpkin heads. They all think that they're werewolves. The Fartastic Four, coming soon. <laughs> oh, that was a horrible segment. <laughs> that was horrible. I can't wait to cut depressed. the whole thing. So thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, please send us an email to thesandlerpit at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram at thesandlerpit and Twitter at thesandlerpit. Find us there. Follow, like, and subscribe. Thanks to Ghost Tyrone for the music. Thank you to Spook Thomas for the artwork. Thank you for the editing. Myself, Luke Terra. Thank you to everyone for listening. Leave us some reviews, I think. I think that's something Please, we need. Yeah, we need some, think. S- some star ratings. So that's the end of our Halloween spooktacular special episode for Hubie Halloween. What are we doing next week, Luke? Next week, we are resuming regular programming. So we're going to be going back to our yeah, Wednesday ne- time slot. We're going for, I think, a bit of classic Sandler, actually. We're going to Big Daddy, which, unlike Hubie Halloween, we've both already seen. And I think it was both of our first full Sandler films. Yeah, this is our first Sandlers, both of them. It's pretty exciting, isn't it? It'll be nice to revisit it. You said in our first episode that you Yeah, in our shit. first episode, I say two things about Big Daddy. I think I call it a classic at one point, and I call it shit. <laughs> so I really don't know what my opinion of it is. Okay, well, see you next week then. It's a Sandler buy from me and a Sandler buy from him. Send help, I'm stuck in the Sandler pit. Pissed on a tombstone. Pissed on the street. I'm here now. Nobody pees more than you.